podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. I and Mike in the house and a whole lot to get into. We'll talk about an extraordinary performance from Joe Burrow and the uh, rather tense exchange with Harbour and Taylor post-game. What about those Chiefs rolling into the number one seat? They're now suddenly the team to beat. That was haters that wrote the Chiefs off earlier on in the season. I am proud to say that I wasn't one of them. This show wasn't party to that and they are suddenly looking formidable the titans rolling as well over in the nfc well that seems to be a four-team shootout the rams despite a tough performance from matthew stafford looking strong the cowboys bearing their teeth the packers keeping on and the banged up bucks still very much in the mix of those four look to be the best in show can anybody uh, shake it up in the nfc so much to get into as we break down the playoff picture a week further on and who better to do that than the brilliant iron mike so let's get down to it Hi, right, mike good to see you season's greetings to you how was christmas oh it was it was fine um I hope you'll notice I'm masked up to uh, to protect you and Ollie from uh, potential. I don't want you going on the COVID reserve list. I appreciate that, Mike. And, and I, they might have to bring you in book in or um, to replace you as, as the host. <laughs> oh, God, God forbid. I'll, we'll get into book in a bit. Well, I appreciate the thought. Uh, we are re- recording this remotely on Mike, so you're probably you're probably OK. Not that I'm a doctor or a scientist. Although I have well, neither are, the people make, neither are the people making decisions about COVID in this country. Yeah, there you go. I'm in good company. Good to see you, man. We've got a ton to get into. Uh, but first things first, Mike, uh, help me out a little bit, because uh, away from football, if you'll humor me, I'm writing a piece on uh, on New Year's resolutions, Mike. That's my economist. <laughs> <week before. laughs> so, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. <laughs> any tips? Well, I, give me Iron Mike's New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah, if, if I were a reporter <laughs> who was credentialed for New England Patriots Day game, my first resolution would be not to ask Bill Belichick stupid questions after a loss. <laughs> Um, love- in fairness to this woman yes. who symbolizes all that is wrong with modern modern media um so you know it, it's all it's all about stupidity yeah. ab- about um playing to people who don't understand what they're what they're seeing and don't want to understand what they're seeing um <laughs> I, my i was complaining about that today because when you get the when you look at the um the rundowns uh from from the games they don't give you the statistics that you need they give you the statistics you need for your fantasy team Yes. Um, so, you know, you have to dig deeper to, to find the find the ones. But anyway, in fairness to this woman, no one was asking Bill Belichick a question. They, he had like two, que- yeah. two questions and then there was silence because they knew after a loss and he had said, you know, everything's going to be better. And we have to all three from all three uh, facets of the game. And I didn't do a good job coaching and all which is all was true. Um, there was this silence. Yeah. And he was just sitting there looking. You know what? But it, right, you, wouldn't almost, wanna, you wouldn't have wanted to break the silence, but this woman said, "Well, I'm writing. A, I'm writing a piece it. about New Year's resolutions. Do you have any?" And, and it was all he could do. I love it. to I, just say, "Kill you, not kill you." Just but yeah, that really prolonged Pinter-esque silence before she asked it reminded me of those beat writers years ago that we hung out with in the Boston 
uh, yeah. preseason, wasn't it, in Boston, in, in, in Foxborough preseason, that couldn't believe we get an interview with Belichick because you were old, old mates, college mates with him, and we managed to pull that off. Those slightly jaded beat writers, they were you probably all do, sitting and, in the back. And they do know that, A, you walk on eggshells. Mm. B, he doesn't suffer fools. Mm. We learned how, how not to do that at Westland. Um, <laughs> well, by hanging out with you. <laughs> so, yeah, some, some of uh, it worked are some of our disadvantages, <laughs> not so much, Bill. Yeah. Um, and um, but most importantly, if you ask us a, a good question, you get a great answer. Oh, you, yeah, you can yeah. get a great answer. Right. You know, right. but it has to be something that catches his imagination and not yeah. not the usual kind of, you know, I need X, Y, Z quotes mm. for my for my column tomorrow or I need to know your New Year's resolutions because I'm doing something for uh, buzz chat or snap feed or whatever it's called. <laughs> I love the fact she was in the front row as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. This is my chance. She should have put on a wedding dress and asked if he wanted to marry her. Oh, that's the classic. You know, those the beat writers would just push, go, go sit in the front row and ask him. Yeah, he'll be fine with it. <laughs> Although someone did you know what? Push. I had a piece of really bad news over the weekend though. Oh. Um, because on, on uh, boxing day at Wincanton, Iron Mike was running in the in three thirteen. Oh, what? And and um, when it was pointed out to me because I don't normally check the race the races sure sure in Wincanton on a morning on a daily basis. Um, he was he had gone from nine to four to four to one. Ooh. And That's by the time I got back home and went to the bookies, he was down to ten to three. So he went off the favorite actually eleven to four, and. At some point in the afternoon, I, I went online and I just look, looked when Canton and got what I thought was the result. And it said Iron Mike. And I said, all right. I tweeted out Iron Mike won. And I had him at 10 to 3, blah, blah, blah. I went in yesterday to the bookies yeah. and he finished fourth in the race. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I had picked up, well, you know, which drop down menu I had wrong. But <laughs> that was mucho embarrassing. Oh, Iron Mike. I think we should we should follow Iron Mike from here on in. I, I've that, noticed him before, him. but he's never won that I've that I saw. And, and in fact, his, his, his run sheet for the last 10 races or whatever, we're all seconds and fourths. Oh. So I don't, I don't know why I took him to win, but there we go. We need a day out of the races again. I might. We'll we'll uh, work that out. We'll base it around where Iron Mike is running. Come come <laughs> the spring, right? Let's get into why uh, Belichick was understandably aggrieved after uh, that defeat, and Keen initially on Josh Allen because he was the, the standout player offensively anyway uh, for, for the Bills. Three hundred and fourteen yards, three touchdowns. He had sixty four on the ground. Looking back at the first game of, of the two game series that the Pats won and, and successfully managed to not only shut the Bills' offense down, but particularly. Allen pretty much doubled down on both his passing yards and uh, and what he achieved on the ground game on game. So what changed? How did the Bills manage to pull that off this time around when the Pats defense had held firm the first time around, Mike? Yeah, well, condi- the conditions had something to do with that because it was it was much easier to pass, obviously, and and you know still that game hinges on J.C. Jackson dropping the interception. Mm. Um, Allen threw threw a high ball that went right into J.C. Jackson's hands, and he dropped it, um, and the Patriots were down by a score at that point. So um, it, it could have changed the complexion of the game, but but basically their game plan again revolved around keeping Allen in, but they couldn't, um, and it was Allen it was Allen scrambling or running. Basically, you know, breaking the pocket mm. that really killed them. They couldn't stop them on first down either. The Patriots looked very slow, just like they did last week. And all of a sudden, that defense doesn't look as aggressive. It lo- it looks more slow. And I- I'm not 
Um, the, the Bills dominated that game. It's the first time in Belichick's career that they haven't forced a team to punt yeah. dur- during the game. Um, but having said that, the J.C. Jackson break was, was a terrible one. Mm. The combination of picking up the flag the, um, on the uh, foul on, Matt Ju- on um, Mac Jones, mm-hmm. the, push, the push out of bounds and then the grab and pull back, which, is, which was literally a horse collar, except that he wasn't inside the collar. But, but, you know, if he had tackled him in the open field um, around that, that would itself be a penalty. But, you know, to say it was only incidental contact when it was a push and a pull um, and not which is the definition of not incidental, because incidental mm. means non-intentional, um, just baffled me. You know, it, it goes against year seasons of NFL calls on runners out of bounds, particularly on quarterbacks out of bounds. Mm. So that, and then followed by Trent Brown's mouthing off. They got, they two times they got ruined by their own players being flagged for um, taunting. Uh, yeah. So you know, not after scores opportunities, but, but the, the Patriots never looked in it. Really. No, I mean, I will, and that that's the thing with Belichick's teams is is that they are they can stay in it when they don't look in it, mm. and and what I'm saying is he didn't get those breaks in mm. in this game in the la- on the last series when they had to stop Buffalo. What's his name? Tommy Doyle? Is it the 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 he was on the the left the left tackle? I mean, just incredible holding. Mm-hmm. Um, Allen ran uh, on the on the fourth and short ran out outside, and he literally tackled Judon. Um, just as, as and and not like way off the play, but as Allen ran by, you saw Judon get tackled in front. The play before he, he it, it was just mind boggling. So um, they didn't they didn't deserve to win the game. They didn't get the breaks that would have put them in a position to maybe win the game. And I thought they looked old. I thought that for the first time in my observe, you know, my watching of Bill. That he might be considered. Yeah, he's not. I don't think considering retirement, but he ought to consider considering uh, retirement. It, ju- it just it just looked like he was a half. He and his defense were a step behind the game. Um, and and you know, I think what's happened after they had that win streak and everybody got excited. They've now yeah. faced good teams. Um, Two, two teams, not just good, but with very quick defenses that have made their offense look very, um, very stale. If you can stop their running game, yeah. you, you basically have a rookie quarterback who you're daring to beat you without great receivers. They yeah. don't really have a game-breaking kind of threat receiver like Joe Burrow's got Jamar Chase, say, who had some brilliant plays in that, in that game. Um, and so... Um, you know, I, I think they should they should still make the playoffs. But I said six weeks ago that the week the final week's game in Miami is going to be kryptonite for them. Yeah. Miami's win last night sets up that possibility. Um, All right. So because, Miami beating- because remember, they beat New England in the first week when Damian Harris fumbled that ball. Right. New England was trying to set up for a short field goal that would have won the game. Um, the Pats got an easier run because they got the Jags this week. Uh, yeah, they, I mean the, they, they, well, they should the win. Titans, they so. should win this week. Um, the Titans, I, I don't, you know, but Miami's a good defensive team, and I think, you know, mm-hmm. th- I mean, they knew they were facing a rookie, a fourth round rookie quarterback in his first NFL start, and they and they were relentless in how they pressured him. Let's get, yeah, we'll get to Monday Night Football in a sec. Just one more on on the, on the Patriots because. Th- 
as you say, a lot of hype after that winning run, and it was against. They, they won a couple of good games, but but yeah, they didn't they didn't beat anyone who was both really good and fully healthy at the same time. Exactly, because the Titans were banged up in that mix. Obviously, the Bills, but you made a the Browns. Game. The Browns were okay at that point. You know, um, they, they hadn't suffered. They hadn't Baker suffered was quite full. banged up in that game. Yeah, the Pan, you know, Panthers had the Chargers was a, was a big win for them. So, but they have had a reasonably vanilla schedule. Nevertheless, they were looking defensively formidable offensively they had that rhythm they had that identity that cohesion do you think that particularly hearing Matt Jones is a lock for offensive rookie of the year and do you think that maybe people are getting a bit carried away with the Patriots and in particular with, with how effective Matt Jones has been even relatively in in the context of a rookie quarterback you might say that he's reaching the rookie wall mm. um, like I said I think the lack of receivers is a real problem you don't have to account for any of their receivers. Um, I like Kendrick Bourne a lot. Um, Aguilar, if he's not dropping the ball, is mm. is can be effective. Uh, Myers is limited, but 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 good receiver. Harry's just Harry's just so yeah. frustrating. Um, it, you know, he does a lot of non-catching things well in some <laughs> cases. But sure. there was one there was one play where on an interception where he was jogging along behind, and I, if I were mm. Belichick, I would have cut him right up. Spot. <laughs> you know, um, but but um, that 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 to me is there. If you stop their run game, they don't have much mm. else with which to beat you, especially if they're if they're coming um, from behind, playing from behind, which is what happened with Indianapolis is what happened with Buffalo. If you mm. go down by if you go down by more than two scores, they're almost out of the game because they mm-hmm. just can't score quickly. Mm. Um, and, you know, and you see it in the play calling. They have to work their way down the field. Uh, Jones, it's not that Jones can't throw deep. It's that the combination of him throwing deep to a receiver who's actually open is kind of rare. And, you know, the week before he put a ball right on Jacoby Myers' hands, it was a brilliant deep mm. throw. Perfect. And, and Myers, you know, being the NFL couldn't hold on to it with a guy holding both of his arms back, you know, and trying to short to to dinosaur arm the the um, the ball. So, um, you know, I, I just think that they're they're not built right now to beat the really great teams, and yeah. they've benefited this season from the fact that there aren't any really great teams for sure. Um, and you know, the, um, the teams that might be in that category tend to have suffered either injury or COVID or whatever, you know, mm. to, to hold them back. It's a level, a level of play for this is yeah the argument I've, I've been pushing for a long time. The Patriots are a playoff team, but not a, a Super Bowl team. Yeah, and when they went on this about run, what, that's about what they will be. They I mean, and they should sneak in. Although that is good. As you pointed out early doors, it's going to be a brilliant final week of the season as it often is that Dolphins Patriots end a end of season hurrah. Speaking yeah. of the fin, seven straight iron, Mike. Uh, just on, let's get into the the car crash rookie uh, performance, debut performance. Uh, uh, Ian Book. Ian Book. Because I had a, just interested in your perspective on this. Having that pick six so early on, when you are a quarterback that isn't heralded as a first rounder, a de facto starter, you get this opportunity. And I've got to say, Mike, I, I loved his attitude pre-game. I'm going to grab this with both hands and what an opportunity. In post-game as well, he was, I thought, really contrite and balanced in what he was saying. And must, I mean, God, having played in primetime, I played a game like that in your NFL debut and you're facing the press and being pragmatic about what's just happened. I've got a lot to learn from. The fair play to him for standing up and doing that. But the pick six early on, how much is did that 
unravel or or mean that he, he unraveled you yeah, know in well, other words if he'd had a decent first first drive would we have seen a a, a distinctly different probably yeah. um and uh you know uh, although it's great miami's won all these games remember they, they only got one touchdown in this game offensively yeah. they're right. offensively they're not a very they're not a very good team and 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 their line's not not very good and um a ground game really but but defensively they played great against the quarterback with with limitations not the least of which is inexperience and i thought that i i remember when i used to say they took an unassailable seven nothing lead yeah <laughs> i almost had <laughs> yeah, that yeah. feeling in this game and when it got to 10 nothing then i thought oh my god yeah it it really is book showed mm. a few nice things mm. um he hasn't adjusted to the speed of the game, which is mm-hmm. one of the, the the hardest things. Think about Tua in his rookie year, right? You know, compare books books game with Tua's. Um, remember that New Orleans was down three offensive line starters, mm-hmm. so you know it was it was obvious that the Brian Flores would just come after you know sell the house to come after um, Book and make his life dangerous. Mm-hmm. Book, you could see knew what he should do, but he wasn't quick enough to do it. You mm-hmm. know, and stepping out of the pocket as the game went on, he, it could have been 15 sacks as easily as eight, yeah. to be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he avoided. And I thought he showed, he showed what they drafted him for, which was a quick release and a fairly accurate ball, mm. um, which is, which is kind of what Sean Payton said when they took him in the, it, it was a surprise in round four. Yeah. Um, Cause he's only five eleven, you know, but, but they had just spent the last 10 years with a five, with a five and a quarter. <laughs> yeah. They don't think we're um, about that. Just so, on the, know, on the lack of support from the offensive line. I mean, uh, that was obviously instrumental in Kamara not getting going. He had 59 total scrimmage yards, Kamara, uh, how many rookie quarterbacks would have fared much better in, you know, eight, as you say, eight sacks could have been a lot more. You, you had n- next to no support or with some of the sacks, do you think on Birkin is an experience and not releasing quickly enough? I, I think it's an experience more, more. There was no one to, you know, it, there was no yeah, one to was release to, half the time. you know, look yeah. at, look at, look at his receiving core mm. besides Marquez Calloway, you know, mm. little, little Jordan Humphrey and, um, they couldn't get the ball to uh, Juwan Johnston at all, you know, mm. which is usually a staple of him. Uh, Peyton's always done really well with low draft picks and undrafted a big receiver going back to like Marcus Colston. Um, but the Saints are really a start. They played a good defensive game. Um, you know, they gave up a couple of big plays that, and that's, that's what hurt them. But, mm. but otherwise they, they held Miami in check pretty much through the whole game. But uh, where are you on two of these days, Mike? Because he's a, I mean, along with the, the dolphins and their uh, upward trajectory, you know, Tua was being written off, particularly with all the Watson rumors six, seven weeks ago. And now here they are on this run on the, on the verge of the, the playoffs, or at least in contention and probably is Tua clearly that's enough for him to get the starting gig next season. But where are you on him? Are you convinced that he is in that camp of young quarterbacks that is a, a player you want to base your team around for the next five, six years? Tua, to me, is not that his situation. I'm not saying he's the same kind of quarterback. His situation is not that much different from Mac Jones. Um, and and I think what he needs is the same kind of, they need a, a receiver who can take the top off defenses or at least the threat thereof, um, which is why they got Will Fuller V, um, yeah. you know, yeah. at the, but, but he did what, Guess what? He, he's been he injured the whole season. He, yeah. he always does. Yeah. Um, but, but I think they're very one dimensional offensively. You know, their, their best downfield weapon is Kasiki, uh, mm. who's not Gronk basically, but you know, he's a tremendous receiver, uh, makes mm. tremendous catches. Waddle, Waddle for them has been completely an intermediate 
receiver, you know, uh, lots of short routes. He's, I think he's still under 10 yards a catch yeah. um, for, for the season. But plenty of um, them, right? He's about to break the. Yeah. I mean, but that's what, that's what their offense has now evolved into, yeah. you know, that that's their first down weapon is a two yard, a two yard out to waddle, uh, you know, a, a smoke out to waddle on, on the outside. Um, so I, I think he's kind of in that same position and, and you can write off the rookie year and the first couple of weeks of this season, you know, as part of the learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most, the most interesting thing with, with Tua is that he is so far in his NFL career being completely the opposite of what he was in, at Alabama. But at Alabama, he was always playing mm. with with a loaded team against teams that generally were not so loaded. Yeah, it, it's it's a great point. We, we've talked about it, I guess, with uh, Matt. Jones. It's a really interesting comparison, actually, in the way that uh, this Miami side, written off uh, halfway through the season, it built around a strong defense first. You know, much like uh, much like the, the Patriots once again, looking at the run in and looking and, and bringing this into the wild card race so yeah, it's funny sorry to interrupt but just as you said that it's funny that you know because you have the alabama situation so you had hertz and tua and then you have mac jones and then you had them playing clemson every year in in, in the championship against deshaun deshaun watson, watson right? so they all kind of come together in this <laughs> in this kind of which is more about how college does not prepare quarterbacks for the nfl um mm. you know especially at the best teams um mm. than any than anything else yeah, yeah, that and so much lately with Bama as well. Well, they've only known winning it. They've only been dominant. Wait till they fall into a difficult situation. Well, Mac Jones then goes to the Patriots, which is a hardly difficult situation. All right. Yeah, I mean, people were calling Mac Jones AJ McCarron too, you know, right, right. Before, at the draft at draft time, which I thought yeah. was incredibly unfair to the guy. But anyway. Uh, AJ, it's AJ, AJ still, but he's backing up somewhere. I'm sure he's, he's backing still, up he's somewhere. Got a, he's yeah. got a decent gig. Uh, this wild card running or the playoff uh, race, I should say, in the AFC, still compelling with the eight uh, <laughs> eight wins down for the Dolphins. The Browns and Broncos stick a fork in them. We'll get into uh, them in a bit more detail, particularly the Baker Mayfield situation with Cleveland. Uh, the Browns can still win their division. Well, they've got the Bengals and the Steelers, don't they? They got the if they win Steelers both the those games, they're going to win the division. Yeah, that's ooh, they're not going to win the division, are they? Because no, hang on, I think they need the Bengals to lose. Um, Bengals got the Chiefs and the the, Chiefs, the Bengals yeah. if they lose to the Chiefs. Yeah, if the Bengals lose to the Chiefs and the Browns, and the Browns win both their last games against against the Bengals and Pittsburgh, the Browns win the division. Wow. Okay. So maybe not stick a fork, stick half a fork, <laughs> put a little skewer in them. Uh, the Raiders still rolling at eight and seven. The Chargers after that defeat, they fall to eight and seven. So all of those teams on the outside looking in uh, the Ravens it's, and yeah, Patriots and the Colts in the wild. It's card. funny if we were, if we were still sticking with the six team playoffs, mm. none of those teams would be in. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, apart from the Browns. <laughs> and, the Browns they can but, you know, it, I mean, the six teams, you have a pretty good playoff. You know, Buffalo, New England, the Bengals, um, the Titans, the Colts, and the Chiefs. Right, yeah, Those yeah. are probably the best six teams right now. Um, you know, the Ravens are just injury riddled. The Chargers are inconsistent. The Steelers have uh, Frankenstein's monster at quarterback. And, you know, my, my <laughs> and Cleveland is completely unhealthy as well. You know, well, speaking that, of unhealthy, the Raiders are banged up. So this release just before uh, we started recording at six key defensive players for the Raiders 
are now on the COVID list, including Casey Hayward. They Kevin have key Perryman. defensive players. They've got one or two <laughs> besides Max, Max Cross, Max Crosby, Casey Hayward's in in, in yeah. banged up as well. So that's a great spot for for the Colts at nine and six. If they win that, that will clinch a playoff spot for the Colts. Let's talk about how impressive they were with a banged up offensive line, because particularly on the ground, that was again, yeah. That was the bad, the big thing, I think. And again, it's what we talked about last week. Taylor had the big rush against New England, but otherwise, if you take that big rush out at the end of the game, the the mm. game clincher, they kept him in check. Um, his his stats were almost the same this week as last week, you know. Mm. And it's a, it's simply about controlling the ball, you know, and 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 using it. But this week they let Wentz pass, and Wentz had a very good game, you know, and mm. didn't. And for Wentz, a good game is you don't turn the ball over. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm serious. And serious. I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking about that. But you know, if you absent stupid, I know, but play, if that's the bar for a good game, then yeah, there's something well, wrong he, with that. Pitch. That's what you want. They have a good defense. It's a very fast defense. People thought the Patriots would would um, be able to overpower them. You know, good running teams would overpower them. They they can't really. I think Everfluss is is a really good coordinator, and um, and they can control the ball, and so you just don't want. Stupid turnover. I mean, you know, mm, you don't sure. want Wentz handing the ball to. I get defensive. it. So yeah, it's it's Mac Jones. It's Baker Mayfield. Ironically, given the week he had, but it's so yeah. Don't lose us the game. We're going to win it a different way. Don't try and win it, and yeah. just don't lose. And it. And Wentz yeah. can make plays. It's just you know you 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 need to balance that off against protecting the ball. I think the Colts are are really good. Right? They're they're probably the dark horse team in that in that six six teams in the playoffs mm. um and if the bills are also coming into it's funny that a win over new england means you're coming into you know to play, to, play to playing well yeah but but yeah. it's true i mean uh you know they they basically showed those two teams showed new england for what they are the bills now play atlanta and the jets you know so so they're basically going to win that win the division. Um, they also hold the tiebreaker over New England right now um, on, on conference wins. So, so you know, I, I think that's um, it's it's shaping up to be a good playoffs, especially if the Bengals are offensively what they were against the Ravens. Is it as wide open as you can remember, Mike, in both conferences? Because we'll yeah, the uh, NFC in a bit. You, you don't have you don't have the usually in a 16 game season at this point of the season, you would probably have a couple of teams that are 12 and two, mm-hmm. you know, some years you might even have one that's 13 and one, but you know, right now the best team in, in football is the Packers at 12 and three. Mm. Um, and then there's, you know, there's a couple of teams with four losses, but they're not, none of them are spectacularly good. And we, we constantly downgrade the Packers because it's all on Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, you know, to, to make something out of nothing. Um, um, although they have played well defense, much better defensively than they did in their last two 12, um, 13 and three seasons with with the old the old schedule. So I think I think you've got a big morass of teams where there are a lot of teams that could win a game on a given given Sunday in the playoffs that won't be overwhelming favorites. And that is um um, exas- not exasperated. That's exaggerated by the. Um, it's, ex- it's exasperating for old school guys like and me. Exacerbated as well. It's exacerbated by the um, fact that you're only going to have one team in each conference with the bye week home field advantage. 
Mm. You know, and, and with that with that kind of system, every year you got to the division round of four games and you almost automatically picked the four home teams mm. because they were the better team and they had the they had the um the bye week to to prepare and to rest up. This this year it's only gonna be two teams with that advantage. So it makes the whole thing more competitive. If you look at the uh, just following that then, and then I, I think it, it's fair to say in the NFC certainly that uh the Packers and the Bucks, the latter injuries notwithstanding, have been the most consistent teams through through much of the season. The Cowboys suddenly uh, bearing their teeth as well. And the Rams, despite Matt Stafford having a fairly indifferent game, uh, dangerous as well. And they're all bunched around the same kind of record, right? The Packers, as you rightly say, the best record, but the other three on on 11 and four, the cards go in the wrong direction and everybody else is, is kind of making up the numbers. So, Looking at those four contenders, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Rams, and the Bucks, Bucks injuries are the main problem that's holding them back right now. What about the other three? What, what are the biggest weaknesses, would you say, the cases against the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Packers? The Cowboys are one of those teams that sort of flatters to deceive, and you, and you always think that when they when they face a good defensive team, their offense has problems. Uh, they shouldn't, you know. You when you look at what they've got, they're they're a very talented team. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn's done a nice job with the defense and in the way that they've used Micah Parsons. You know, I I like the fact that they haven't decided that Parsons has to be an inside linebacker or an outside linebacker or a defensive end or edge edge rusher or whatever you want to call him. But they've moved him around um, and to use him situationally, which I think is a really good team thing because it lets you do. It lets you do more. It's it's the Patriot formula, you know, with all these flex, flexible guys. You can mm. keep the same personnel on, but do different things. Right. Um, which means the offense has to, you know, can't can't bring on different personnel to try to attack your weakness because they're mm. looking at the same personnel. So, you know, I, I think Dallas is probably the they shouldn't be a dark horse since they've already clinched their division. But that's probably going to be um, a dark horse team. Like I said, with Green Bay, Rodgers is. You know, you just wait for a game where he makes a couple of mistakes and then and then they they lose. Um, And the Rams, although they've clinched a playoff, it's funny that all three, the other three divisions have all clinched the champions. The Rams haven't. They've clinched a playoff spot. But as you said, the Arizona's in tailspin. Yeah. Um, And I and I think like last year, you know, they, they did this at the end of the year, too. I don't know whether it's tiredness or if teams catch up or if Kyler's, you know, um, a little bit hurt. And interestingly, all three of those things. And how much is Kingsbury? Because he's getting uh, uh, inevitably criticism again because of the same thing. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because that they're coming after him now um, with the coaching deadline, uh, which I'm I'm sure we'll talk about later on. The funny thing is there's only seven teams in the NFC with winning records. So if you stop the season now, those would be the seven playoff teams. Um, The the Niners and the the Eagles would be would be the other two. Mm -hmm. And the Eagles are a funny thing because. (laughs) they've won the last two games with Hertz at quarterback. I think they'd probably be, I'm just amazed Minshew hasn't played at all. They've decided Mm. to go with Hertz and give credit to Sirianni because he's tried to adjust his offense to Hertz, you know, rather than anything else. But, but they've been good defensively and they've, and they've realized that they've got the offensive line has gelled. 
Lane Johnson got his fat guy touchdown. He did one of three. Terrence Steele got his as well. There was a good piece on the ringer, actually, Roger Sherman, just because I know you're big, big man. I know you love your big man touchdowns. Uh, never before has there have been three in one day in the modern NFL. And this was on the Roger Sherman piece. I think, I think you'll like this. Uh, this is over on the ringer. So 28, let's call them offensive lineman touchdowns since, since 2005. And he broke down when they were scored during the season. Two in September, three in October, 11 in November, and 12 in December. And he was throwing out different arguments as to why that was. His primary argument was you can only get away with that once, right? So if you kind of wheel that out early, early <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, you save, you save it. Yeah, that's the you save it for when you need it mm. uh, theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, um, they're coming thick and fast. And it was good. You don't, yeah, well, thick being the, um, the operative <laughs> word. Um, you, you don't want to, um, you know, you don't want those guys to get in shape. <laughs> My favorites were always, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was in NFL Europe. But, you know, when, when the defensive lineman gets the interception and then starts chugging away for the end. So those are my favorite. Um, he's <laughs> built for, he's built for comfort. Yeah. <laughs> he's built for comfort, not for speed. You know? Yeah. You just oh, go back to the NFC contenders. I'll key in more on what you said about the Packers and Rogers. So it, clearly he is a generational talent that wins games <laughs> when they shouldn't, when the offense isn't chiming as it should. He can elevate everyone around him. But you said, their Achilles heel is, is what when he has an off day, that's when they're going to fall away because there isn't enough. Or, or just, yeah, or just makes a couple of mistakes, you know, or someone makes a really great play on the defense. And, yeah, you know, puts the puts them into a hole, um, and they well, any team becomes when they have to be one dimensional. It, it, it's a problem, um, but you know they've. This is the third year. They they may lose. Are they going to lose a game the rest of the way? Um, let me check. Let me check my. They got the Vikings and then the. This is this is my this is my season. <laughs> this is my season thing, which which I did five weeks ago, um, predicting everybody's final records. You know, by based on on what they would do. Yeah, um, yeah. They 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 shouldn't lose to Minnesota or Detroit at at this point. Um, I suppose Minnesota is a kind of trap game once you've clinched. Um, and the Lions from last but, week of the season, um, they might rest at play. Yeah, as well. they could rest guys, but uh, they probably won't want to after playing Jordan Love um, in one in one game. But Rogers' uh, toes banged up, so they might do. They might. His they toes might been banged up all year. Yeah, but it feel, <laughs> but it looks like it really bothered me. He got trodden. His lineman trodden it, didn't he? It, yeah. in the last game, and that a real real discomfort. So. I yeah, wonder. He, I mean, I is there any guy in the league who looks like he sucks lemons more than than Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I don't. I think. I think Rodgers is a little bit misunderstood there. I think just because he isn't rah rah. I think. I think he gets. Uh, he, he gets. <laughs> forget the whole COVID thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking yeah, about no, his. He reminds on- me of Rick Barry, who used to throw his his teammates under the bus. 12 times a game, you know, like he'd throw a backhand pass and the guy wouldn't know it was wouldn't coming. Know what was going he, on. He, he just kind of, oh God, what yeah. can I do? You know, <laughs> what do I do with these guys? Brady's um, a little bit like that too, though, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, and then it's like, it's like, yeah, you've, you've, we've all seen the play where Brady, you know, throws to a guy who's exactly where he should be and he drops it or, or he's not where he should be because he took one step too deep and the ball was put, you know, in front of him and Brady, you just know, you can look at Brady's face, you know, you're never seeing the ball again. (laughs) You're definitely not seeing that. Where's, where's AB? (laughs) I've got a guy on my five-a-side team uh, who I'm not going to name for obvious reasons. Who is, who is that guy? (laughs) I get away with it because I'm in goal. So I, 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 
I bet I rarely face the wrath. Uh, but but everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd hate to bet against Green Bay, especially if they have home field advantage. Mm. Um, regardless of who they're of who they're playing, Rodgers uh, to, Rogers, to me well. is the MVP of the season. He is. It's not. Um, you're clear on on that. I, I'm pretty clear on that. I mean, I saw some Pat Brady hater um, who's mm. I won't name, but he's uh, anyone who like he's he's quite prolific on Twitter mm. said, you know, you know, now what will happen is Rogers will have two bad games in garbage time. Now that they've clinched the division and Brady will have two games where he throws five touchdown passes against bad opponents in a row. And Brady will walk off with the MVP, you know, <laughs> the sour, sour graping it. But, but I've been, I mean, I've said a long time, Rogers is, is the general is the generational talent among there's no quarterback with more talent than Rogers has. You know, yeah. In term in terms of improvising, um, I when Mahomes came along, I said, "Look, Rogers has been doing this stuff for years." You know, mm. before there was Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Rogers was Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's not as athlete- athletic in terms of running ability as Mahomes was, but when he had to, he had he did, and he you know he can complete passes without looking. Um, he throws the ball from different angles, he, and he puts it on you know off his back foot. He can put it forty l- yards downfield. Mm. It's the same set of skills for um, sure. Plus, he's 38 years old. He's seen it all before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got those smarts. So the other contender with the Rams, and something you brought up a few times on this show, teams that feel one-dimensional. Is that a problem with the, the Rams? Are they? Do you feel that they are, they are one-dimensional? Or rather, there aren't it's, enough... That it's funny how the Rams are, are kind of a... Where, the, where the, the sum of the parts isn't as great. Um, whereas the, you know, the Packers play better than the sum of the parts because yes. of Rogers, yes. the Rams don't seem to play as well as to some of the parts. I like, I like the fact that their offensive line is settling down and Sony Michelle is gaining yards, you know, which I, I don't think Sean McVay trusts that very much. And he still wants to go with Stafford. And I think what we've seen in the past few weeks is why people like me have always kind of resisted the, it's every three-year landslide for Matt Stafford as the potential MVP of the league. Mm. And it's always been blamed on his not having great support. Well, now he's got great support. And it's like it's always just a little bit off mm. um, in, in terms of, of making it happen. I might be being cruel here, but that going into the playoffs, that's really how I'm looking looking at the Rams. Um, well, he seems to make quite irrational decisions at times. Just out of nowhere, this makes it or just yeah. a, 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 a terrible play that is in Congress with everything else we've seen that game. And, and there are a number of quarterbacks like that, right? And and he might be the best of them. But I mean, this is Mayfield through and through. It will just suddenly do something. You think, yeah. I can't trust I, this guy when it comes to I the mean, clutch. That's he, the he's book, in that the list of quarterbacks. Yeah, he's in that list of quarterbacks with great arms. Yeah. Who underachieve would be the wrong word. Um, mm. because obviously in those years with the Lions, what are you, what are you going to do? He would have had to overachieve to take them, you know, almost yes. all the way or close to all the way. But, um, but in fairness, there, you know, he had weapons at the Lions in those years too. Mike, on the ground game, the Rams ground game, Henderson out for three to five weeks, but they could be getting Cam Akers back. Yeah, and which would be a good thing for them because Akers is a better receiver than Henderson um, out of the backfield and, and better than Sony Michelle, obviously. But he and Michelle are a good kind of one-two punch because Michelle's a stronger runner than Henderson. Um, Henderson's kind. Henderson's a good back, but he's kind of caught in that. He, he's not. He's not quite the third down back kind of guy that that. Um, 
Akers is. He's not quite the first down kind of guy that that Michelle is. And so mm-hmm. he's like he's like, OK, as your second perf, his perfect role would be as your second back in a three back rotation where Akers is going to see a lot of time mm-hmm. that that will help them a lot. And, and one last thing, just, you know, the NFC has got the three teams that have clinched the divisions and the Rams are pr- pretty much going to it. It would seem mm-hmm. in the West, you've only got one team that's clinched the division. But I really think that the, the Chiefs are where now where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. We've had to wait a long time, but they're right now the best team in the AFC. Um, you know, and and probably I think the favor at least a favorite to be in the Super Bowl, you know, mm. if not win it. You see, I completely agree. And we've fortunately got on record both on the pod, but also in copy as well. Uh not getting carried away with the Chiefs have fallen off a cliff narrative that was flying around for certainly the first half of the season but you said so when you're saying the chiefs are where we thought they'd be i know you and i have kept the faith through through the season but most people didn't most people i know this is indicative of of the world we're in now and the, the ridiculous overreaction based on one game and one performance but a lot of people thought that this chief's offense in particular i don't think there's any argument that the defense has improved so significantly which has been instrumental in their run but a lot of people felt that they'd been worked out, that you that you could work out the Chiefs. This is the book on the Chiefs. They don't have enough of a, if we're talking about dimensions, enough of a supporting cast. All of these things were being thrown around, not as a, well, they've been crap for a couple of weeks, but they're not going to ever get it back. They're not going to be the Chiefs we've seen over the last couple of years offensively, but they seem to be completely in that groove now. So why do you think people were so quick to, to write them off? Um <laughs> partly because they they want to part and partly because the herd jumps on jumps on the bandwagon if you, if i could mix my meta- metaphors and it, once yeah. once they do everybody then jumps on and just yells louder this is the same thing um that's the way our business works these days mm. um but what's changed is that the defense is carrying them now. The, the defense has played really well, and I, we've gone over Melvin Ingram moving Chris Jones back to tackle. Yeah. Um, the the young Bolton, the young linebacker coming through, Willie Gay maturing. You know, they, they're a solid defense again. Um, there was a great clip that uh, Baldy put up showing um, the offensive line just, and their offensive line is gelled. Remember, they're starting two yeah. rookies there, yeah. so it's taken them a while to, yeah. to yeah. gel. Which we figured, again, that's a great point. But, you know, th- everybody's like, look, their big problem after the Super Bowl, their big problem they've identified is their offensive line, you know, no, but they've brought in this offensive line, it isn't working. It's this much vaunted, you know, week two of the season. Uh, n- not acknowledging that it's going to take time for that unit as well to, to find that, yeah, and credit and, and credit to Andy because he was patient, you know. Um, and they never panicked. Um, and but but Baldy had this play, and and the, the hole that they open up is literally four feet wide. <laughs> it, it's like you could you could push a you could push a push cart through it, mm-hmm. and Williams gets about four yards. Um, because Edmonds makes a nice a nice play um, for Pittsburgh, coming along the line of scrimmage behind all of the clutter, and then makes the tackle. Which, but but you know, with a slightly better back or quicker to the hole, that play's gone for twenty. Yeah, it's going to be one of the safeties makes a tackle, or he's going for a touchdown. So on that play that Baldy pointed out, Creed Humphrey, the rookie center, had a you know big block inside, uh, pushing out, and I've seen people. You know, suggesting he should be an offensive rookie of the year now, and it's interesting because some rookies hit the wall 
at this point of the season. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, especially on the offensive line, I think you finally, you, you pick it up and the line oh, starts right. to work together as a unit. And, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, that's all, that's all for the good for the chiefs. So yeah. I would so love that, to see an offensive lineman as the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, it would be great. We Just in principle. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, incidentally, who I think is another key part of this run that they're going on because if they can add as they are, have demonstrated the last couple of weeks add a stronger running game and as I mentioned there of course they're going to be all, all the better for it and I think he is he's been suffered with injury a lot and I think he's the real deal hurt his collarbone in that game but the report's coming out that it's not season ending so collarbone Nick, uh, who needs but- a collarbone <laughs> we got two of them, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, and the interesting thing too is that they don't run the ball even with that line. The, the running game is not that great, but they but it opens up the passing game to the backs, which is something Andy likes, and and mm. it's one of the good solutions for if teams are sitting with two safeties back to make sure Tyreek Hill doesn't beat you, um, you know, and and if they're clogging the middle to make sure Jason Kel, um, Travis Kelsey doesn't get uh, all you know too many catches, then that leaves the sidelines open for those mm. swing passes to Daryl Williams or whoever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I like the Chiefs. I like what the Chiefs have done this season. What about the Bengals? And let's uh, let's wrap on them because it, with the performance of, of the week, uh, certainly individually from Joe Burrow, extraordinary stuff. And not without controversy because <laughs> they just kept on going for the big blow and took Burrow over 500 yards and they kept on driving and driving and driving. And there's been interesting reaction to this, not least because it was against Baltimore, Mike. And of course, Harbaugh's got some form and some some uh, recent in this, hasn't he? Uh, and at the end of the game, Harbaugh and Taylor exchange words, most of them coming from from Harbaugh. And then Harbaugh played this down afterwards and, uh, and Dan played it in, in the press. What did you make of, of that? The fact that well, the, I mean, it, yeah, were doing it in the first place. The fact that it's a big story is what irks me the most. You know, oh, purses at ten feet. You know, Harbaugh had na- made a nasty face. Zach, Zach Taylor. You know, um, Harbaugh, of course. You know, didn't take a knee in a game, right? So that they could go over hundred yards rushing for whatever consecutive uh, game record that that was supposed to be. Martindale went crazy. Was it last year when when they kicked a field goal to avoid a shutout? Mm. Um, you know, in, in the last minute of the game. Um, but you know, the I don't know if if you're gonna, you know, it's like baseball. You know, are you showing up the other team by kicking a field goal when you're down thirty-one nothing or whatever the yeah. score was at that point? I don't care. They shouldn't care. You know, um, it's not like college football where you run up scores to impress the voters in the polls because they're just journalists who don't know any better mm. um, and coaches don't know any better either because they're impressed by the same thing. But is there an un- unwritten code? That's the point. Is I don't know that Harbaugh's a hypocrite if, if he's he is a hypocrite. We know we know that, you know, he, yeah. he, he rants about Belichick cheating and his team's like hold on the end of the game, 11 players or 10 players holding 10 players you know, right. or ordered to hold. Because the ref, because the referees can't deal with it. But did anyway, the, did the Bengals do it? And the other thing we haven't mentioned, you mentioned Wink, but I, the comments that he made about I, I don't think so. I don't think that. I think the thought process was probably that Burrow had gone over 500 yards, and the referees yeah. took away that touchdown pass. Yes. Um. And and so Zach Taylor said, "Okay, let him have let's, another shot. Let's have another strike." I, I yeah. think that's all. I honestly believe that's all that was going through his mind at that point. Burrow was on a roll. Uh, 500 yards is a big thing. Not that mm. many guys have done it. 
Um, the record is still Norm Van Brocklin in 1951. How, how is that for an outlier? No. <laughs> you know, in 1951, the St. Louis, Ram, the Los Angeles Rams, you know, were the greatest show on grass, you know, well before that. But anyway, you know, I, 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 I don't see what the, you know, I just don't see what the problem is, basically. Yeah. You know, if I'm the coach or if I'm a player and somebody, I said, look at the scoreboard. You know, you want to stop us, stop us. Mm. You know, if you don't think we should be throwing the ball on third down with two minutes left, uh, what are they going to take a knee <laughs> with two minutes left? You know, <laughs> if you don't think we should be throwing the ball, stop it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Sack yeah. the quarterback, defend, defend, you know, yeah. that, that's the game. Play you know? to the end. I, I'm with you. Throw up. On the, on the wing, uh, Martindale comments, and I, I'm sure most of our listeners have heard it, but in case you didn't, this was something that Borough was asked about after the game and, said fairly openly yeah you know i i didn't think it was necessary i think is what burroughs said in in response to what martindale had said aaron Rodgers is a hall of fame quarterback this is when martindale incidentally was asked whether the ravens would be defending burrow and the bengals offense in the same way that they did against the packers the week before right and martindale said aaron Rodgers is a hall of fame quarterback i don't think we're ready to buy a gold jacket for joe <laughs> yeah what he said. uh which is it it, it it's all about the context, Mike, because I understand totally the logic. Look, he's a sophomore quarterback. He's clearly really talented, but everybody cooled your jets a little bit. But then yeah. in, in, at the same time, there were ways of phrasing it, I think, of the same point that maybe... You have to be more careful when you're a football coach than when you're a journalist. <laughs> and if a football coach comes up with a snappy line, right. the journalist will immediately interpret it in the worst possible way. Right. I mean, yeah, he, he shouldn't have said it because it's just bull, it's bulletin board material, you know, yeah. as as we as we know. Um, but it was like, yeah, are you going to prepare the same way? No, you don't prepare for the bank. The Bengals have... Um, a, a really hard they they have options who have matured into good targets mm. whereas i think last week and the week before they were making a point of of um rogers trying to throw to mvs to give him some confidence mm. and rogers was also trying to throw to lazard in a couple of situations where, you know, it's as, it's as if he thought Lazard was Megatron or something in the, and, and Lazard's not, you know, mm. Lazard, Lazard is more like Jeff Janis than any, than anything else. <laughs> um, and which is not a bad thing, you know, but they would never throw, they, they threw to Jeff Janis, like in one game, he had 11 catches and mm. you know, he never actually got 11 targets. I think the rest of his time in green Bay. And that was a playoff game too. Mm. But um yeah, so I, th I think that's a, you know, all of a sudden Higgins is is a weapon that people can't stop. Boyd is a weapon that people can't stop. And, and I think yeah. that's made them the better, a better team. And that if I were Martindale and I wanted to give anything away, I think that would be where you'd start. You know, mm -hmm. I've got I've got to defend three wide receivers and be be aware of them, you know, and mm -hmm. Burrow's really good at doing that. But it, and Burrow as well, Mike, it, you something you've always pointed out to me and, and indeed by association to, to, to our viewers and listeners a great quarterbacks, really, really talented quarterbacks, a good way of assessing if somebody is in that category is whether they can throw their receivers open. Right? And right. Burrow seems to be that kind of quarterback. Yeah. Um, and he's not, you know, it, they, there was one pass to Higgins where they, they made a point. He was double covered, but he wasn't afraid to throw the ball to 
to a double covered Higgins because mm. he knew he could go up. If he, if he put the ball up high, mm. Higgins could go up and get it. And that's what he did. He put the ball up high. But what you're talking about is, is that real talent of a quarterback. It's almost twofold. One is you throw the ball before the receiver makes his break um, in a lot of cases, because you know, that's where he will be open. And the other one is, is similar, but when he's in traffic or something, you see where you, you throw to a spot where he's going to, um, where he's going to get open. Yeah. A lot of quarterbacks in the league get away with being guys who can't see it until the receiver's open. Mm. And then, you know, if you have a really strong arm, you can get away with it much of the time. But if you don't have a really strong arm, it, it means you're waiting that split second too long mm. and it, it leaves you open to, to the pass rush. Going to wrap with some mailbag on Mike. Uh, Stuart, uh, Roche, Stuart, how are you doing? Thank you for your question at the NC show. Mike, he asks, do you think the new rules regarding interviewing assistants will lead to a flurry of early firings? I don't know this year if they will, although the the pressure now internally will be to make your decision now so that you can get the extra 12 days to talk to talk to coaches, um, although you, you can't hire them. I hate the whole idea, though. I mean, you really shouldn't be you shouldn't be putting coaches in the situation where, you know, that they need to interview or talk about a new job while they're still coaching yeah. their, their old team. Yeah, that's college stuff. <laughs> well, I don't worry, I've sworn on the show twice. Um, anyway. But, but yeah. particularly and, when it's coordinators who are maybe interviewing for their first head coaching job or they're early in that process so i, I know, look I, i'm not look, saying if, you, if, yeah. if you're a veteran head coach that you, you've been around the block a few more times it's going to be less of a distraction, less pressure right yeah if you're a young coordinator and you're going through your first head coaching interview what you do is you study the team that you're being asked to take over or, or mm. offered to take over and that takes time right and if you're coaching a team that's still in the playoff hunt or in the playoffs and i've, I've not liked this idea you know i just don't think they should be able to hire coaches until you know certainly until the playoffs are over you know the week before the super bowl say yes and then the teams that want to wait for a super bowl coordinator can wait um but you know i i it's america more is always better an extra 12 days is better you know for the coach to to work that the season's still going on Mm -hmm. you know it, it it's bizarre that 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 they would do that and um i think there'll be this year there'll be hesitation about about doing that because it's a new thing, um, because you don't you don't know how it will react. Um, I, I would if I were Matt Nagy or Matt Rule; those are the two obvious um, choices to go. Mm. Um, the ownership in Chicago may not want to make a change right now, simply because I think they have to fire the GM as well. Mm. Um, in Carolina, your owner is a hedge fund manager who may or may not believe in Matt Rule's spreadsheet that shows that they're going to win next year. You know, and and in sympathy, <laughs> when Joe Brady got fired, I thought that was probably a sign that Brady had lobbied for Sam Darnold. You know, I might have been yeah, wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, I um, that. But what do you make of um what do you make of Matt Rule's 
thousand percent we're we're on track i mean the jay-z the jay-z connection did you see that yeah i saw it took jay-z seven years or something to you know well he he doesn't have seven years (laughs) rappers get more more time than football coaches um you know and and you can point to a couple of things um the darnold decision was awful so if that was his i mean he had to at least sign off on it the gm had to at least sign off on it so that's that's one thing and And not 2020 hindsight as well mike i know a lot of people that thought that was a shrewd move well in the sense that he was available relatively cheap relatively cheap and but there was a reason there was a reason for that um you know and and losing McCaffrey at this point you have to think that you can't count on McCaffrey to play it to play a whole season um Mm -hmm. but that hurts you if you're not you know if you don't have a suitable backup and suitable backups aren't easy to have for guys like that, you know, he's a, he's a unique talent in, mm. in, in many ways. So, you know, I, I have a certain amount of sympathy for, for rule, but, but it's going to be a question of who carries the, um, you know, Joe judge apparently is safe, which amazes me. Yeah. Right. And, and, and Danny dimes as well on that. Uh, one more from the mailbag and we'll get out of Dodge from Matt Healy. Hey, Matt, uh, happy Christmas to you at the NC show. Uh, as I say, is how you get in touch with the show. Uh, Garoppolo's career life expectancy in San Francisco, he asked. And uh, to put this in a, uh, we'll add a little bit of extra context. Uh, Garoppolo's got a thumb terror, a thumb UCL tear, which sounds horrendous. Uh, so could be uh, could be out for the remainder of the season, depending on whether the 49ers make the playoffs or not. We'll have to monitor that one closely. But uh, assuming that... Uh, he uh, figures a little bit more and let's just say, let's just say the 49ers make the playoffs. They squeak in Mike, but they don't do very much other than that. Is he gone irrespective of whether they do is do you reckon they might keep him around for another year? What do it's you think? funny that there are people, people are calling for um, Kyle Shanahan to be fired, yes, um, right. you know, cause, yeah. cause he overall has not been that successful mm. um, in terms of, you know, he's been Lost one, record. one yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that Garoppolo's only path to staying in San Francisco was to take them into the playoffs and have a decent playoff run. Uh, yeah. So that's not going to happen if that thumb injury takes mm-hmm. him out of the games right now. If Lance, even if Lance doesn't play that well and they don't make the playoffs, Shanahan will argue that you know that's his experience and we'll we'll be starting over next year with him as the quarterback mm. and and but but it's you know it's Shanahan presumably who decided that you know after they traded up with the aim of getting Mac Jones mm. <laughs> decided he fell in love with Trey Lance and mm. decided to draft Trey Lance. So he, he rises and falls on that. So I, I think they basically they get one year. Garoppolo the most interesting place for Garoppolo to go would be Pittsburgh. Mm. But since when you watch what happened to Ben over the years, Garoppolo's not, not that great against the rush. Mm. Uh, And he's always an injury. You know, he's been injured in, I think every season that, you know, he's never had a complete season as, as a starter. So um, I, I think Trey Lance is their quarterback next season. And I think Shanahan's back. Um, to what's interesting is people are calling for Pete Carroll to go. You know, I was yeah, talking about yeah. Belichick at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Um, just maybe, you know, at his age, maybe it's you just think it's time to move on. And and Pete, who's a very young, uh, what what is he, sixty nine? I think he yeah, and Belichick yeah. are both sixty nine. Um, you know, a very young sixty nine, and coaches like mm-hmm. a youngster in terms of the enthusiasm. The energy, where, energy whereas Bill, that. whereas Bill's kind of 
uh, cerebral and Less you know, so. yeah. and, grum- and grumpy, yeah. um, which is, as I know, <laughs> is a bad is a bad combination from it from experience. Um, I'm cerebral, you're grumpy, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Waldorf, and you're Statler. Um, yeah. But I, you know, so I, I think that that's an interesting one as well. And and the two guys that suggests to me that Mike Zimmer ought to be in the frame. So to speak, you see what I did there. Um, Very good. And, um, you know, Vic Fangio and Zimmer are probably the two guys, both defensive, older defensive gurus. Yeah. You know, who now they're going to be there. They're going to be questioned as to what their offensive um, abilities are are like. Mm. Um, I personally think David Cutley's safe in, in Houston. Yeah. What about Davis Mills as the starter next season? Interesting. That's an interesting one because he's he's shown that he's heady um, and, you know, and willing to stand in there. And he's shown the the good arm that he had. Everybody knew that the question was simply whether he could make that transition from a college game in, into a pro game. Um, he was a good pick at that, you know, in the second level, in the second tier of quarterbacks in that in last year's draft, he, he was the one probably had the most upside in, in terms if you could coach him into that. And they, yeah. they seem to have done a pretty good job with that. Um, the Patriots wanted it, didn't they? Is that right? That he was on their board. And they, I think he was on their board if they couldn't get, get, get Mac, the, yeah. uh, Mac Jones in the first round, you know, yeah. or, or when it became obvious he was falling in the first round if he didn't if he didn't come to him. But I don't think they would have looked at him as the starter. Um, mm. Cam would probably be there. And you see how does disastrous cam has been mm-hmm. um but part of the thing with cully i think is that he doesn't threaten casario and and jack easterby um the gm and the guy who's actually running the team um <laughs> you know uh so so that that that's going to be interesting and um mm. dan quinn is all of a sudden i think elevated yeah. himself up into a you know into a head coaching job people are talking about doug peterson who's not coaching anywhere right now yeah know, right as well and and um Bien-Ami obviously is going to be a front runner mcdaniels if he wants to leave new england will be a front runner right mm. uh, i've mentioned eberfluss i think last week uh, vance joseph obviously last week martindale might get some looks this year mm. um raheem morris might step in another ex-head coach you know todd um todd bowles might get another shot yeah um, Leftwich as well. He's getting some. Uh, Leftwich will some get points. some attention. Maybe too, the Jags. But, can... You know, I I always hesitate. Guys who were quarter, you know, offensive coordinator, quarterback coaches for Tom Brady or or Peyton Manning. Mm. That's a tough. Game. <laughs> That's where Adam Gaze came from. Oh, he he was yeah. quarterback coach for Peyton Manning in Denver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> If that were the case, Tom Moore right would be coaching somebody right right now. <laughs> he would have had ten years as a head coach. Uh, brilliant. Listen, uh, we could chat all day. I might be we're out of time. Uh, thanks for your questions, uh, incidentally. And sorry if we didn't get to them. We'll, uh, we'll try and wheel some more out on next. What you need to do is just do a special question and answer. Ooh, a mailbag. I like you that know, idea. Mailbag right. show where we don't. Uh, Ooh, I like that idea. Don't let me roll on for minutes and minutes on inconsequential things. We love letting you roll on <laughs> for minutes and minutes on inconsequential things. I'm like, I'll talk to producer Al because he is the brains of the operation. Ali is the brains of what is not a high brains operation. <laughs> not a high bar. <laughs> Let's be clear. Great to see you, bud. Look after yourself. Happy New Year. We'll Happy New Year to you, to all you guys sending in mailbag, mailbag questions that don't get answered.
There's always next year. <laughs> yeah, right. That's your New Year's resolution, Mike. We got there in the end to answer. That's our collective <laughs> resolution to answer more mailbag questions. Look after yourself. Have a great New Year. We'll see you uh, next week on the review show. That's uh, dropping uh, early next week. And all of this will become a little bit clearer in terms of the playoff picture and the postseason. So look forward to that. Take care, bud. Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, mate. You can follow Iron Mike on Twitter at Carlson Sports. Read his stuff week in, week out. Patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson, F-M-T-E. Uh, speaking of reading, I'm pushing something out uh, on Scorker this week. We'll push that out on the NC Show channel. So I think I've got a piece for the Times coming up as well. I need to, uh, I need to check my diary. Uh, it's all a bit of a blow in the holiday season. Uh, the football coming thick and fast. Edge rush dropping a bit later on this week as well. Me and Propo, uh, the Drew Lock of the week went my way this week. So that is, speaking of tense playoff battles, that one is going down to the wire. So we will be uh, getting you set for week 17 in the NFL with that one later on this week. So keep your eyes peeled for it at the NC Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is how you get in touch with the show. If you've got a question for either me and Propo on Edge Rush or, uh, or me and I, Mike, on the review show. Incidentally, if you've got 30 seconds or a minute at can you leave us a review on whichever pod platform you listen to us on it helps us massively it spreads the word spreads the show helps with our sponsors all of that good jazz and apparently helps algorithmically as well i've just realized what my news resolution is to get us on tiktok <laughs> we'll talk to propo about that we'll be back with their trust then back with iron mike next week enjoy the football gang and happy new year Podcast Network.